Hello, I'm Eleanor Warner, an online health and fitness coach, making it easier for women like you to sift through the good, the bad, and the bullshit that you're seeing online. I've spent years coaching hundreds of women to their best physique without sacrificing their social life, their favorite foods, or their mental health. Prepare yourself for a new way of thinking, because if you're here, I know you're looking for answers. Welcome to the Coach by L podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach by L podcast. This is part one of my conversation with Sammy from Sammy Functional Health. Sammy is an incredibly knowledgeable online coach who has worked with the best of the best in the United States, right? Sammy specializes in hormone health and gut health protocols so that she can help with things like digestion issues, SIBO, weight loss resistance, balancing your imbalanced hormones, helping you towards your goal of coming off birth control safely or even working towards fertility and conception. Sammy is my personal coach and she also consults for my clients within my VIP coaching program. She has helped me to come off birth control and manage my symptoms and she's also helped my clients to do the same thing. My clients are so lucky to have Sammy within our VIP program and now you are all equally as lucky to have her in your ears blessing you with all of her knowledge of all things hormones and functional health. Sammy, welcome. Thank you for having me. No, I'm very excited to have you on. So, all right. So you've got, you've got my questions. You know what I'm asking you, but let's go through it. So I'm sure that I haven't summed everything up during my 30 second introduction. So I'll put it to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the kind of work that you do. So I am a functional health coach, uh, but you could also say functional nutrition. I use hormone health coach. Like there's, there's so many different things, but basically what I do is I help women who have hormonal imbalances or gut issues work out, first of all, work out what the root cause of their problems are and then help them um, to rebalance and restore gut health. And I do it in a multiple bunch of different ways. You know what the funny thing is? I've been doing this for three years and I still can't actually explain what I do, which I think is half my problem. (laughs) I think that's so funny. That's the same thing for me as well. You know, when you're like, you meet up with family or whatever, and they're like, so what are you doing these days? And you're like, I don't even fucking know. I don't even know what to call it. (laughs) That's lit. People are like, so what, what do you do? And I'm like, I help people with hormones. And they're like, oh, that must be interesting. I'm like, it is. And I'm like, I, I need like an actual, like, you need a blurb. I need a blurb that I just carry around in my pocket and be like, hang on one second. Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> I know it's always the hardest question. Like, what do you do? Or what do you like to do? Or what are your hobbies? <laughs> like it's like, you just forget who you are in that moment. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I mean, that is like, that is the crux of what I do. And then, um, yeah, I just, I guess it, it's just mainly about just helping win, women one, like work out what kind of testing they should do, um, help them to work out. Basically, I help women to understand how their bodies work. Cause you know, like you and I have been working together for a while and there's people that have, you know, like PCOS and there's different types of PCOS. And so it's basically just figuring out one, what their root cause is two, helping with supplementation, training and adaptations nutrition, um, and then just helping them to learn how to understand their body so that whatever hole they've dug themselves into doesn't happen again. So 
that's 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 as good as I can sum it up really <laughs> yeah and it's it's one of those things where everybody is so different as well so it's hard to be like oh this is exactly what I do because for yes. each person what you actually do is going to be very very different depending on what their yeah. symptoms are or the things that they've tried in the past you know so yes. it is definitely a loaded question but what are your okay so what are your like favorite things to work on so if someone comes to you and they're like this is my problem like what is the what is your favorite case to work through so I did actually have to think about this one um so I used to work for a company for three years where I would literally get anything and everything Mm. um and I love a good gut case like I don't know gut health is really interesting it's very very um finicky and I do love a good gut case not SIBO don't like SIBO that's 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 a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> sorry, love, sorry to anyone who has SIBO. Sorry to anyone that has SIBO. I mean, it, it's very similar to a normal gut case, but SIBO again is it's kind of it's just it depends what type of SIBO you have and how long you've had it for, and it can be a long and lengthy journey. Um, but my favorite thing is definitely women's sex hormones. So coming off birth control. Um, estrogen dominance, which is where your body stops producing progesterone for whatever reason that is, uh, PCOS, fertility. Like I personally don't want to have a baby, but I get such a joy from helping other women get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I've kind of found a love for in the last year. But yeah, my favorite cases are definitely a good sex hormone case, like estrogen, yeah. progesterone, androgens. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I know what you mean. Cause I feel like we're kind of on the same page when it comes to having kids, but it's yes. like, it's one of those things where like some people are just born for it and some people are truly just born to be parents. And I have some friends like that and fertility issues or infertility issues are so debilitating. And yes. there's just very many things like our bodies are so different and they're so complex and we don't really understand them. So mm-hmm. getting to understand them and if you can prevent that, and this is kind of like what we're doing now, like I'm not saying that I don't want to have kids forever, but if I get to that point and I have never done any of this groundwork, I also don't want to go through, you know, that journey or that experience of having no idea and just being thrown into, I guess, like the medical part of all yeah. of that like and just yeah. the emotions that come with that so yeah it's definitely about laying the groundwork and it is it is very rewarding to be a part of that experience so I get I get what you mean I get where you're coming from but all right so I guess we started working together a while ago right I'm probably gonna say maybe the beginning of the year I think it was and I sent you a message yeah. and I was kind of like hi help me I don't know what's <laughs> going on I've got issues so like a bit of a background on that story so I really wanted to come off birth control and this is something I'd tried to do before I've actually tried yeah. to do it a couple of times but basically I've been on the pill on and off since I was like 15 so I was my mum took me to the doctor I think it was like as soon as I started talking about sex mum was like (laughs) all right we're going we're getting on top of this so she took me to the doctor and I went on the pill but when I was in the room they were telling me like my doctor was telling me about all of the other 
benefits of being on the pill. So like having a regular cycle and controlling your cramps and, you know, controlling acne and that sort of thing. And we kind of know now that that's all synthetic and it's not real, but he was kind of like, it's your cycle is going to be super regular and blah, 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 blah. And the thing that kind of stood out to me the most was definitely the acne thing, because we all know that that's, that's where my issue is. So I have had issues with my skin for as long as I can remember. Like, honestly, my first dermatologist appointment was when I was 16 and I kept getting kicked out of school. I kept getting kicked out of class at school because our, like we had this rule where you weren't allowed to wear makeup. Right. So I was wearing foundation because I had acne and I was trying to cover it up and I kept getting kicked out. So I would end up in the office every single morning, wasn't allowed to go to class unless I scrubbed my makeup off, which I just would not do. Like I straight up would not do it. And my dad, I know. And my dad fought tooth and nail for me here. This is one of my core memories of my dad, right? It's like he took me to a dermatologist. He paid an obscene amount of money for like consultations and chemical peels and stuff like that. Like he got, I had to get, have letters basically from this dermatologist saying that it was causing me stress and I should be able to do it. And once the school approved that letter, right? So they approved it and they approved me to wear makeup dad then went to a pnc meeting in the school to try and get the rule changed it was just it was a whole thing bless his heart so i love that that he went i know i know it's very very sweet and he must have had prepared this speech or something because it was definitely it was a bit of a showstopper like i remember going in there and i sat there and my dad stood up and he was kind of like all right everyone look at my daughter can you tell me one reason just looking at her why she shouldn't be allowed in class and everyone was like uh no and he was like exactly right you can't even tell but she's wearing makeup and that's kind of how it started and it was like it was definitely this whole thing but anyway I can't really remember the outcome of it I don't think that they agreed to change the rule but we definitely saw a change in like the leniency in regards to makeup like foundation and concealer was either allowed or they turned a blind eye to it maybe so whatever happened he definitely made a difference but it resulted in me being allowed back in the classroom but Anyway, so acne has definitely always been something that I've struggled with and it's the pit of all of my insecurities. So anything, any flaw that I have, my skin is the biggest one. That's the thing that I think about the most. So it's, yeah, I understand anyone who goes through it. It's quite debilitating and it really can, you know, you get in your head about it and you think that everyone's looking at it and whatever it is. So I was on the pill and it wasn't really, yeah, so... I was on the pill for my acne. I think that was kind of the thing that I wanted to go on, but I don't think that the first one helped clearly. Otherwise, why would I have had it when I was 16? So it mustn't have helped. So I went back and they put me on another one, which ended up clearing everything. So that just made my skin completely clear. And I was obsessed with that. I was having the time of my freaking life. Like I never wanted to come off that ever. And I stayed on that for years. And I think I went off the pill when I was about 21, 22, and I wanted to let my hormones do their thing. I wasn't trying to get pregnant or anything like that. I was in a relationship, but definitely wasn't trying to get pregnant. And after I came off the pill, I started getting these other symptoms. So I was bloated all the time. My acne came back like with a vengeance. It was terrible. My period was painful. I always had cramps. I was always tired. I was always lethargic. And I went to the doctor, not wanting to go back on the pill, but just wanting more answers as to why. And that's when I was sent for like ultrasounds, right? Like this investigative work to see what was going on. And basically they figured out 
fact that I had PCOS. So they told me that to be diagnosed with PCOS, it's basically you have to have two of three things. So one of them is the cysts or the follicles on your ovaries. The second one was a hormone imbalance. And then the third one was just symptoms. So for me, I did my bloods and I didn't have a hormone imbalance as such, but as we know now, that could mean very different things. It could be that I was within range, but very low or very high, whatever that is. So they told me that my bloods were fine, that I did have the cysts. So I did have the follicles. There was quite a few. And then the symptoms, my acne, they were like, yep, you've got PCOS. So that was the diagnosis. Basically, she recommended me to go back on the pill because it would regulate everything and it would get rid of my symptoms and come back when I want to have a baby. So Yeah, that was kind of like the advice that I had after getting diagnosed with that. And that kind of freaked me out a little bit because I was like, well, what happens when I do want to have a baby and I go off the pill and then everything's fucked, right? So I didn't really know what to do. So what are your thoughts on this process, like the going back on the pill or any contraception for that matter to mask or alleviate symptoms of a hormonal imbalance? Well, first off, the thing is, is that you're 15, you've just gotten your cycle And Mm. we put women on birth control and I totally, I am not, I have, I swear to God, I've been saying this black and blue lately. I'm not pro or against birth control. I think there's a time and a place, but if you have just gotten your cycle at 15 and you go on birth control, there is a maturation period of the literature says anywhere between four and 12 years. So if you're 15 and you go on birth control at 16, your cycle has not matured in any way, shape or form. So when you came off the birth control at 21, that's what your body's trying to do. That's why you're going through all those shitty symptoms. Well, one, you're coming off a synthetic hormone, but two, your body's like, right, we didn't do this back when she was 15. We now need to do this now. Hmm. And that's, I get a lot of clients who come off birth control. They've been on it for 10 years or, you know, they've been on it since they got their cycle and they expect it to come off the period and this magic thing happen. I'm like, your body actually has to go through a process like, and you've skipped that process. So you got to go through it at some point. So that's number one. Number two, the thing with birth control is that the thing that, and I, you might've seen me like screw my face up when you were like, it is going to regulate it. The doctors keep using this word that it's going to regulate your cycle. No, it doesn't. It shunts your cycle. It completely shuts down ovulation, which is what you need to have happen, to have a baby. It produces um, a hormone called progesterone, which is super important to balance out the rest of our hormones. And so when we go on the pill, we're shutting all of that down. So nothing's getting regulated. It's just getting shut off. But I guess regulated is like a nicer word. Mm-hmm. So when it comes, so for you, I would say that the first pill, because you had acne, normally that is um, – And we have worked out with you that this is linked to androgens. So androgens are male sex hormones that women have, um, and we have quite a few of them, and there's also a pathway that they follow. And so the first pill that you went on probably didn't have androgen-suppressing medication in it, so it didn't do anything for your acne. The second pill that you went on, and I'm not sure if that was um, the same pill that you've just come off, but I know whatever pill that you, because I remember saying to you, what pill are you on? You sent me the name. I had a look and I'm like, yep, that's got androgen suppressing medication. So that's why it clears up your acne. Mm -hmm. So then if we look at it and we go, okay, well, acne's the issue. Yes, medication also has a time and a place, but if it's reducing your androgens and clearing up your acne, There's other ways that we can do that. 
And if people aren't on birth control, getting blood testing done or urine testing done, like, so we did a Dutch test with you to work out your pathways, um, that can tell us something. And then helping like using herbal supplementation to kind of clear those pathways out, which is what we did with you as well and what we continue to do. Mm. So, I mean, if you want a quick fix, yes, the birth control can be a quick fix for some people, but if you actually want to balance your hormones and make sure that everything's working the way that it should, there's a lot of other things that you can do before you go on birth control. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It kind of does come down to that. Like, what do you want more? Like, do you want it fixed or do you just want the symptoms gone? And truthfully for me, like we, we know, like spoiler alert, I did end up going back on the pill eventually because I just wanted my skin to be clear. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm getting no support from anybody. I didn't know where to look in that time frame. Like I just thought, Oh, I'll go to the doctor. Surely they'll help. Right. And they were kind of just like, yeah, you know, go back on the pill or whatever it was. And I was like hell bent on not going back on the pill. I really didn't want to. And what I did was I went back to a dermatologist and if you don't, have a referral for a dermatologist they're quite expensive like I was paying like 250 to 300 dollars every visit that I had and what they did was yeah and what they did was they put me on roaccutane Mm -hmm. and this is if you don't know what accutane is it's basically just it's a medication that helps to clear acne no matter what the cause whatever it is Mm -hmm. it helps to clear it and I was really excited about this when I got this prescription I was like good because this is something that they toyed with when I was like 15, 16 and going to the dermatologist. They were like, well, should we put you on Accutane? My parents decided against it because if you know about the symptoms, it can kind of impact your mental health quite significantly. And I was already struggling with my mental health when I was 16. Mm. To be fair, I was struggling with it because I was so fucking insecure and my skin wasn't helping, but Mm. I did have depression. I did have anxiety and my parents ultimately decided, no, like we don't want you on that. And that's fine. That's something that I understood then. And it's something that I definitely understand now why they didn't want me to go on that. But flash forward to here, when they gave me a script, I was very excited because I was like, great, this magical thing that's going to fix it. And After I started taking it, my acne got so much worse. Like if you hear about the purge when you go on Accutane, this was holy shit. Like it did start to clear up, but the first couple of months, it was horrific. It purged hard. So my skin was red. It was inflamed. It was so sore. The texture was terrible. And get this, I was also working in a high school at this point. So I was the youth support coordinator at a high school working with grade 11 and 12. So just imagine how that felt being Mm. back in high school, back Mm. with acne. No, I was not (laughs) a student, but it was like flashbacks. And I just felt like I was 16 again, right? I was in school. I was like, all these kids are looking at me for sure. They weren't but all I could think was they're all staring at me they're all talking about my skin and how bad it is so yeah I don't know I was back in school I could feel the stairs whether they actually existed or not but definitely felt like I was 16 again it was terrible so eventually it did clear up and my skin was absolutely perfect and I was very excited right I was like oh it's all worth it everything's all worth it so yeah what what are your thoughts right on going on a medication like Accutane for acne when it's clearly hormonal. So obviously it won't be fixed long term, right? Yeah. And that's where we come back to root cause because we can use medications. And a lot of the time medications have a time and place, but when you come off it, what does it do? It, (laughs) you haven't fixed the root cause. And 
I'm not a hundred percent certain on this, but from like understanding physiology and Hugh and I have talked about this word a lot lately, the skin produces something called sebum. And that's what actually causes acne because it blocks the uh, pores and the cute, like the hair cuticles that you have in your face. And that's what causes acne. Hmm. So from memory, because my sister also has really bad acne when she comes off the pill and was also on Accutane. Hers cleared up as well after, I think it was like three or four months. Um, And it basically unclogs that. And I'm pretty sure it reduces the level of sebum on your skin locally. Whereas if you take the pill, it does it internally. So technically they kind of do the same thing, but if your skin is not a bacterial issue, it's just going to come back. And I'm assuming like you would have finished up your treatment and were you not on the pill and it came back? (laughs) Yeah. How'd you guess? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, How'd you know? That's exactly what happened. So yeah, like I think it was it was midway through 2020, right? That's when I came off Accutane. And yeah. my skin was still fine. There was no issues with it. I'm pretty sure it was maybe May, June that I came off. My acne didn't come back until October. And I'm yeah. going to, I'll explain why. I know exactly why. So basically I stopped taking it. Now, what I was doing at this time was I was dieting for a photo shoot, right? My photo shoot was from memory, I think it was like the 28th of September. So how's this yeah. for lining up perfectly? My acne comes back in October. So what I can put this down to is my diet. So when I came off, my diet was very, very clean, right? My calories were quite low. From memory, I was only on like 40 grams of fat and 140, 150 grams of carbs per day, right? I was dieting. So my diet was filled with clean foods, lots of fruit, lots of vegetables, lots of, you know, lean protein. And so that's what I was eating. Right. So after I did this photo shoot and my diet went back to quote unquote normal, that's Mm -hmm. when I started breaking out immediately, almost immediately. And from there I was back to normal. It just went straight back to horrific within, I'm not even kidding, two weeks. So I went from having perfect skin to being right back at square one within two weeks. And I just was like, are you fucking kidding me? I went, so I went back to the dermatologist and I was like, guys, what the fuck? And they were like, it's okay. We'll do another round. And I was like, no, I can't do it. So they gave me a prescription. I never went and got it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to deal with it. I'm just going to see what happens and I'm going to see if I can just heal it. So again, I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of stuck in this sense, but I was like, well, clearly my diet is the thing that's making it break out. So let's try and control my diet. But from there, it was just, it was too far gone. So I ended up going back on the pill. Long story short, I ended up going back on the pill. I was walking with one of my friends, Lisa, and she from memory is on the pill. And she was like, look, I know that the pill is what's controlling my skin. Like if I was to come off, I don't know what would happen. And in that moment, I was like, I'd never even considered going back on the pill. I was like, no, this is something I'm not doing. But when I was walking with her, I'm not someone who I don't wear makeup. I don't like to wear makeup. I don't enjoy wearing makeup. I don't like how it feels on my skin. So I didn't really have any coverage. Like I couldn't really cover it up. So I was like, fuck it. It was on that walk. And I was like, I'm just going to go back on the pill. So I booked an appointment the next day, went back on it. And then six months later, my skin was perfect again. So yeah, here we are trying to get off it again, trying to fix my hormones again, but this time clearly doing it differently, right? I've got help. So 
I guess this is something that comes up all the time, right? So what are your thoughts on acne and the diet? So clearly this is something that made my skin break out, whether that is or not, it was probably hormonal and it was just maybe coincidental. The fact that my diet made it worse, but it obviously did. So what are your thoughts on, I guess, the diet and acne in general, or just your hormones in general in the diet? So specifically, like we hear all the time about dairy and gluten and cutting them out. Mm -hmm. What do you think? So cutting out gluten and dairy is not for everybody and it's also not a long-term thing. It is something I like to reintroduce nice and slowly. But the reason that like things – so I personally, and you'll know this because you're a client now, I take out caffeine, gluten, dairy, a lot of processed oils because it's all inflammatory. Mm. And so inflammation in the body is going to drive that hormone imbalance harder. Um gluten is it's like inflammatory and a lot of people do struggle with gluten but I actually bring gluten in quicker than what I bring in dairy and it's purely just because like if it's not a good quality dairy the hormones that are found in dairy there was um, a research thing I read the other day and it was actually saying so what causes acne is a hormonal acne a lot of the time especially if it's driven down the androgen pathway is it comes down a pathway and then you end up uh, with androgens uh, going down the 5-alpha reductase pathway and then DHT, which is like 5, 10 times more potent than like testosterone. So it's mm-hmm. it's full on. So dairy is actually being found to have DHT in it. So if your levels are already really high there and then you're consuming a product that has filled with hormones, you're basically just hormones, 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 hormones. And that's why you end up with an issue. So I personally, I mean, everybody is different. So I'll reintroduce bits and pieces like low lactose type dairy. And if people tolerate it really well, great. Um, But if we're specifically looking at acne, dairy comes out for a good six months. Mm. Gluten kind of comes out for a good two to three months. And then we just kind of see how quickly does the cycle kick back in? What kind of symptoms are we getting? Is it cyclical? So are you kind of getting more acne around ovulation or when you get your period? And then that's how I decided to put it back in. But dairy does drive it. So if you are definitely dealing with acne issues, it's one of the first things I say, take out and see how it goes. Yeah, because we cut dairy pretty much straight away for me. I don't think we cut gluten though. I mean, if we did, I haven't been following that, but no, we (laughs) we didn't. We didn't cut gluten. I know that we toyed around with the idea, but you were kind of like, nah, let's just keep gluten in for now and see how it goes. My skin is definitely starting to do its thing. It's starting to break out a little bit. It's not as bad by any means compared to like what it was that it's worse. So we're kind of just going through the motions, but at the same time, it's only been a couple of months, right? Like how, I think it's probably been like two and a half months, maybe since I came off the pill, maybe a little bit longer, but not much longer. So we can't really expect anything hormonally to happen or fix that fast, but I mean, we'll come back to that. So I guess like when it first like when we first started this conversation, right? So I came to you and I sent you that message. Hold on. I actually have the message here because I wanted to quote it. I was like, (laughs) I was like, Hey babe, 
<laughs> so funny. Do you know how labs and things work here? And when I say here, I mean in Australia because me and Sammy both do quite a bit of work with people in the US. So yeah. I was like, how does it work in Australia, right? I would, I was like, I'd be so interested to look at my hormones and just everything, to be honest, and see where I'm at. <laughs> how funny is this? Fast forward. I was like, I have no faith in the medical system right now after being told to stay on the pill for PCOS and then come back when I'm ready to have a baby I wouldn't know another way around a doctor referral though could you help me with the first steps yeah now from here you sent me about five million voice memos sorry (laughs) (laughs) I do this too I do this as well it's always the voice memos and you told me about the Dutch test and from there I'm pretty sure I hired you the same day I was like sweet I think you did I think you're like done yeah I was like do you mind because you were like oh I can read it like I can interpret it and I was like can I just hire you? Is that okay? Can you just just help me with the whole thing? So, all right. So without me going through and transcribing your voice messages, like your voice memos, all 5 million of them, what did you think was a problem when I first sent you that message? And I also sent you photos of my acne as well. And I went through a few other things in terms of my background, which I've spoken about on this episode already. But what did you assume straight away was the issue? So I straight away thought it was androgens because a lot of the time that's where acne comes from. And that's why I said to you, like, you were like, I'm on birth control and I want to come off. And I think that's where my question was, right, what type of birth control are you on? You sent it to me. I looked at it. Androgen suppressing one. Yeah, I think this is the problem. Um, I think as well. So with the Dutch test, a lot of the time I will only do it with clients once they're off birth control. But in acne-based cases, sometimes it's good because when your hormones are suppressed, the Dutch test is going to come back suppressed. And the whole idea of getting a Dutch test is to see what your hormones are looking like, what pathways they're following, how they're getting methylated out of the body. So for you, I was like, right, if if we don't get this right coming off, I know you, you're going to want to go straight back on it because, and I'm literally dealing with the same thing with like one of my other clients. Like I knew how she was going to react. She pulled it before like we did any prep work and now it's all going to push. Because, yep. yeah. Um, but that's why I was like, for you, let's get a Dutch test done before you come off birth control. Cause we can check cortisol. We can look at your melatonin levels and we can also see if you are making any hormones, what pathway they're going down. And even though you're on an androgen suppressing pill, one of your androgen markers were higher. And I was like, that's what it is. So Mm -hmm. that's why we did. So when we took L off birth control, it was a good month, month and a half that we had supplements in before she pulled it. And so with acne, you kind of want to make sure that those pathways are open and you're clearing out those hormones because as soon as you come off it, those hormones start surging. And if they surge, they've only got one place to go. And that's your face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. I know. I know. It was, it was a whole thing because I mean, that was my first question, right? was like, how do I get tests? So you were like, okay, Dutch test. And I mean, so a Dutch test is a dried urine test, right? So basically what happened was she, Sammy gave me a, I think it was a phone number or a link or something. And you were just like, bring this place. So basically I ordered it over the phone. They sent me the test in the mail and then I did it. And then I sent it back. So that's pretty much how that works. And just for anyone listening as well, this is actually something that I didn't have in my questions to ask you, but let's, this is an easy one for you to answer. If you Mm -hmm. are going to the GP and you're met with resistance, because when it comes to 
trying to, if you're just investigating, it's not likely that a doctor is going to send you for tests, right? It's it's yeah. only if something's wrong or if you're experiencing symptoms that have been lasting for quite a while. It's something to mm-hmm. do with our healthcare system. Like it's great that everyone has access, but at the end of the day, they need to be strict with that access because otherwise, I don't know, Medicare will go bankrupt, I guess, or however that shit works. But they don't want to be they don't want to be paying for everybody to get all of these bulk build tests just for investigative purposes. So if you have someone listening to this and you're like, shit, where are my hormones at? Like where is everything at? Without having excessive symptoms to the point where you don't think your doctor will allow for you to get them through a referral, what would your suggestion be? Like how else can they get these tests? So there's a couple different ways. Um, I would highly suggest, so if it's like one of your clients or somebody that follows you, reach out to you. Elle um, works with me in like a mentoring and consulting space so we can answer those questions. Um, Or you can reach out to me and I can point you in the same direction. But so if you're Australian, there is private labs that you can order. And honestly, like I've now been doing this for five years because I refuse to go to a doctor and try and explain my issues and my past because they just go, are you self-diagnosed? Are you this? Like, it's just, it's just a nightmare. And honestly, like even after doing this for so long, like I think I went to a doctor about a year ago trying to get hold of a medication and I walked out of there crying. And mm-hmm. like, this is, I've been doing this for years. And I'm like, if, if that's how I walk out, I, I, it just makes me so pain to think of like what other women go through. Yeah. So yeah, you can get private, labs done for bloods you basically pay for them online they are out of pocket but you get what you want you go to a lab they pull it and literally you get the results like the next day Mm -hmm. um and if you want a dutch test or the us um i used to work for a company nutrition dynamic you can go on their website and they do have a bunch of labs that you can order um and it does the same thing so um i believe they do reviews i'm happy to do a review if you're a client or a follower of L's, we can do a review via L. Um, so that's kind of the best way to do it because then you're, you're not having to go to a doctor, um, to, to try and get it done under yeah. Medicare. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to go through that experience. Cause for some people, this is so traumatic. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have so many stories cause you've been doing this for so long and I haven't been doing this for very long. Like truthfully, I had no idea about anything in terms of hormones. I was one of those people that was like, your hormones don't have any impact on anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Right. <laughs> but since working with you and since doing this, I was kind of like, wow, like just all of the stuff that we learn about and, you know, the human body in itself is so complex. So to Mm -hmm. think that something like hormones has no impact, it's just, it's very negligent, I think. And it's very, it's very lazy as well. So it's just about like, you have to be open to learning about these things. And since I started, I have really thrown myself into this and into learning more about this. And I mean, you would know that because I send you a message 100 times a day being like, what about this? What about this? And you're just like, for fuck's sake. But seriously, <laughs> it is it is a whole other world. And it's I'm very glad that I started learning about this, not only for myself, but for the sake of my clients, because as soon as I started learning, I was like, holy shit, all of these clients that I have, this is a symptom of this. And this is a symptom mm-hmm. of this. And since being able to do that, they have made so much progress and we're seeing amazing results just with listening so I do understand like the trauma that comes with going to a doctor and you really have to be so vulnerable and explain everything 
And sometimes you're just met with no, really, like, no, this isn't a problem. And it's not about it being a problem. It's about you understanding your own body and you should be allowed to do that. So unfortunately, yes, you can't always get the information you want by just going to a GP bulk build, but you can, if you want to pay for it. And I don't even think, I mean, this is subjective, but if we're talking about the cost, a lot of people want to know the cost. And I believe from memory, I paid $380. Is that sound right? For a Dutch test, but the labs are are cheaper. It's like 160, right? Or am I wrong? Depending on what lab you get done, Mm -hmm. it is cheaper. And I normally sell it to people like this. Like if you come and work with a coach, we are we're guessing like I mean I've I've kind of been doing it so long that I can roughly pinpoint and kind of get near the landmark Mm -hmm. but you're still like there's still some supplements that I'll be like right we'll try this cortisol cortisol is one of those like if you don't Mm -hmm. test cortisol the symptoms of high or low can be the same so I will say look we don't have testing buy this supplement if you feel shitter means we've got to go the other way yeah but yeah testing can actually speed up so like let's say that you come and work with a coach it might take you 12 months to fix your hormone issues but if you get testing it could take you six months and I guarantee like L is going to be one of those people because we did the testing you we know what your hormones look like Um, we might do another lot of just blood tests after your fourth cycle to see what everything's going on but I honestly reckon by month six or month seven you'll pretty much be in a really sweet spot to walk away yeah, so. I hope so because my threat still stands. If my skin isn't clear six months before my wedding, I'm going back on the pill and we can try again in 2025. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, She's so <laughs> it definitely pays to have the information. And I say this to my clients as well, especially new clients. They're kind of like, what supplements can I take? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to guess. So we need to get some testing done first. Yeah. And it's not about like you, you can guess. Well, you can. You can guess because you have been doing this for so long. And I guess like, you know, your guess is probably true, but there will be sometimes, like you said, especially with cortisol, where the Mm -hmm. symptoms are similar, whether it's one end or the other. So doing something, including some sort of supplement, if you're not sure, can make you feel worse. This is an easy fix because you just pull the supplement and do something else, but it just depends. Either way, you're going to be spending money. You're either going to be spending money on a supplement that's not going to work and then you have to stop using it or you're going to be spending money on a test so Mm -hmm. it's up to you whatever you want to do in that moment but I I mean I went the testing route and I feel great so (laughs) give give it a go sometimes though like and this is I I do like to highlight this because I know Mm. that you said like it's as easy as pulling the supplement but it depends because let's say that you're someone that has PCOS Right. And you take a supplement because I mean we're all on TikTok, we're all on Instagram. Like oh. one of the ones I've seen lately, Vitex, which is fantastic for people to support progesterone. But if you have PCOS, don't just take it. And this is the mm-hmm. thing: like we're seeing supplements getting pushed on TikTok and Instagram, but it might not be the right one for you. And yes, like you start seeing some things and you pull it, that could actually push you back six months, depending on how your body responds to that supplement. So yeah, it is as easy as pulling it, but it can also push you back time-wise and then you've still got to go and get the testing and you've still paid for the supplement. Yeah, this is, I definitely have a, I am not going to guess 
type of mindset when it comes to this, mostly because I am still at the start of this, like, you know, learning about it and doing this mentorship and making sure that I'm doing the right thing. And I still have you in terms of consulting to be like, hey, am I doing the right thing with this client if I suggest this? And you're either yes or you're no, you're an idiot. You're not doing that. But (laughs) But but it's I definitely would rather have all the information and be as sure as I possibly could before I recommended getting a supplement. I wouldn't want to guess. I would want to see the information. I would want to know that I'm doing the right thing by my client before I recommend that because you don't want to feel worse. And it already is such a personal thing in the sense of Mm. long ranks. And sometimes you've been shot down so many times previously by health professionals that you are just opening up to somebody else. And if you Mm -hmm. get given something that isn't right, because you didn't want to test or the coach that you had didn't really see the need for it they just heard the symptoms and went yes this is it then like that can again set you back yes physically but especially in terms of your mindset and your mental health your hormones and stuff can play such a big part in that and how you feel especially if you have symptoms like acne which I said is debilitating then yeah we don't want to guess I definitely don't want to guess so it's not something that I want to do but talking about testing and you've spoken about this a couple of times, but what were the things that stood out to you in my Dutch test? Like, I know you already mentioned that like my androgens were pushing through. Are you getting it up right now? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I knew I, I know to get something up. Yeah. I know that um, you already said that like my androgens were kind of pushing through the pill a bit. And that was definitely a sure sign that like, okay, well this is meant to suppress that. And you've still got levels of this, which tells me that as soon as we pull the pill, that's going to be skyrocketing. Right. Yeah. So there's that, but was there anything else that kind of stood out to you and was quite a big red flag? With yours, I'm just having another look now. And yeah, your 5-A-DHT, which is that really potent androgen, was it wasn't high because it can't be high because you're on the pill. But then if you actually look at all your other androgens that were in the red mm-hmm. and then your DHT is in the green, I'm like, yeah, yeah this definitely <laughs> gets something in. Um, I think the only other thing was your cortisol. That's right. Your cortisol was quite... It wasn't super imbalanced, but you had very low morning cortisol when it should be higher in the morning. And then your cortisol at nighttime was higher when it should be lower. So you kind of went this way and it should go this way. Okay. This is a podcast. I can't see what you're doing. (laughs) It was meant to be my, so cortisol is meant to be higher in the morning and lower at night, right? Because it kind of makes you feel alert. So higher cortisol in the morning to wake you up and make you feel more alert and then lower at nighttime. I know you just, did you just find my melatonin? I've just seen your melatonin again. I was like, it was, I was waiting for you to, I was waiting for you to see that, but yeah. So, and then lower cortisol levels at nighttime so that you can fall asleep. And I think that this could also still be my problem right now, like in terms of like anxiety. And I don't know if this is a pill thing, but coming off the pill, my anxiety just skyrocketed. And I was really, really struggling with my sleep. I could not sleep at night. I could feel my heart racing. My palms were sweaty. I just couldn't fall asleep. And then when it came to the morning, same thing. I had to wake up, but I was exhausted. I was totally Mm -hmm. tired. So still kind of the same thing. This is improved now because I got some help in terms of my sleep. I started taking Mm -hmm. a sleep aid. No shame. No shame. Sleep is the foundation of everything. So if you can't sleep, then you're going to feel rubbish. It doesn't matter what else you're doing. It's not going to matter in terms of your training, in terms of your nutrition. If you're not sleeping, your body can't recover. That's where, you know, we produce our hormones. That's where your body, that's where your muscles kind of repair themselves if you're training. So yeah, there's no real point, right? So sleep has to be 
key. It is key. So I definitely went. I just love how you went to Hawaii and I was like straight away, like Elle and I clearly love, we love the States. And I was straight away like, go to CVS, get their good sleep stuff because America has access to good sleep shit. Yeah, and I think you ended up. Did you get stuff from there, or you ended up I coming got, back and dealing with it? No, so I got something from Walmart. I got like a yeah. sleep aid. I think it's called um, Equate or Zequal or something. Um, they're yeah. the same type thing, and it was basically like this. I don't want to say syrup. Is it a syrup? It was like a little drink, and you had like thirty mils of it. Yeah, and I didn't try it while I was there. I wasn't expecting anything, but I tried it when I got back, and it did wonders like I fell asleep straight away I used that for a few nights and then I stopped using it my sleep had been normal ever since except for this week but you'll read about that my check-in and um yeah we'll talk about that later so but sometimes this is just what happens sometimes you are gonna have a sleepless night I struggle with anxiety I always have you might remember me saying that I had anxiety when I was a teenager when I said that at the start of this episode so it's definitely and it's it's also uh, like my, my mom has anxiety. She has always had anxiety. So I don't know if that is a genetic thing, if that can kind of be passed on and maybe it's just a personality thing. I don't know, but my mom also suffers from anxiety and that's just something that I have always had. So sometimes I will have a sleepless night here and there, but I'm trying to definitely get on top of it. And I'm not worried about using things like sleep aid if I need it, because again, Mm -hmm. sleep is the foundation of everything. And especially Mm -hmm. with my work, I can't afford to I can't have days off. And if I do have days off, I have doubled the amount of work the following day. So it doesn't help my anxiety having a day off because then I'm like, well, shit. So yeah, it's definitely something that I need to get fixed as soon as I notice it, but it's definitely helped and it's definitely improved. So yeah, go to Walmart. If you can, <laughs> but but also in saying that I did manage to order this same thing off Amazon. It was a bit yeah. more expensive in the sense that like it cost me $8 at Walmart and $25 on Amazon, but nothing that's $8 US. Yeah. Which is kind of like 14 AUD. So it's only really $10 more anyway. So it's no big deal, but yeah. No. And a lot of like, I remember, Oh God, it would be like three years ago now. And I loved this client. She could not go to sleep until three o'clock in the morning. And Mm. then she would wake up at 7am. She just could not sleep. And I got to the point where I was like, right, we're drugging you because <laughs> you need, like, like you said, sleep is everything. And mm. so actually taking something to help you sleep. And I mean, like each, each person is different and we're not saying go and take sleeping tablets, but getting sleep is so essential because it helps to reset everything. Um, but the really interesting thing with you, like a lot of the time when we see high cortisol levels at night, we see lower melatonin levels. So normally I would say, hey, go and have some melatonin. No, no, not with you. Your melatonin was absolutely sky high throughout the whole day on birth control. And birth control can do this. So I'm really interested to retest your melatonin in probably like another month or two. Um, I would love to get through a podcast without my dog crying or barking in the background. I'm <laughs> Just one podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, the melatonin thing was really interesting because mm. it was like, when I say sky high, the reference range is 18 to 40 in the morning and L was 6,350. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. That is insane. I knew it was high, but that's like. Sky high. That's. Yeah. Wow. Oh, nighttime's a better one. 1. 1.7 to 11.1 and you were 1,154. 
yeah see i don't know what's going on because at this point i also wasn't sleeping and melatonin is a sleep hormone so it's very interesting to kind of be like well what the fuck is going on here so we still don't really know the answer to that but we're assuming birth control i guess and when we retest we'll be able to update you guys yes we definitely will (laughs) i think that that was most that was pretty much most of your issues you just had like some cortisol off the melatonin and then it just helped us like Again, the thing is, is that everything looked low because you're on birth control. Mm. So, you know, retesting this in like nine months, six to nine months would be so interesting because then that will actually give you a really clear picture as to how your hormones work, how they move through the body, how you get rid of them. Um, And then it might also give you insight, more insight into your root cause for your acne. Because yes, like PCOS might be the reason hormones but then there's things like insulin that drives that. There's things like caffeine that drives that. So getting that retest and seeing what your hormones look like not on birth control will will also give you more information about your body as well. For sure. Yeah, I'm keen to retest. So, okay, so, so stupid high levels of melatonin and then yep. slightly higher levels of androgens. All right. Which, like I said, is weird because I wasn't sleeping. So it is very interesting and we'll see when we retest. All right, friends, I am so sorry to interrupt your listening, but we are up to about 48 minutes now and I'm going to halt it there. So part two will be in your ears, same time, same day next week. That's where we're going to be talking about my plan in detail. So supplementation that I'm on, the strategy that we use for my nutrition and my training in order to help heal my hormones. We're also going to be talking about a few other things, answering some listener questions, going through why hormone and gut health protocols are a little bit more restrictive same with this calorie fucking deficit rhetoric that i am hammering about all the time lately so check back in next week and we will be in your ears to discuss part two